The world is full of obvious things, which nobody by any chance ever observes. And there is nothing more deceptive than an obvious fact. Sherlock Holmes Las Vegas, Nevada. Ginger Rios steps into a small shop and disappears. Her searchers find peculiar evidence and prior whereabouts that suggests a possible conspiracy involving Jody McGregor's estranged partner, the Frenchman. Desperation stretched further, Ginger's family will employ a supernatural perspective for answers, but the answers they find are revealed to be much simpler, tragic, and unexpected. In this episode of Look, Jody concludes her story, and we discover not one, but two mysteries solved. His demeanor didn't reflect his defense. No, like, no, not really. In I fact, mean, he's, he's uh, definitely not supporting. You know, we used to watch movies together, and I remember he'd make statements like, oh, I could do this that. is stupid. I could bury somebody where they'd never be found. I can get rid of a body. They'd never, ever find that body. I know how to do that. <laughs> you know, those are the kind of comments yeah. that stick with you. Yeah, I guess you would be questioning because you've seen him transform from A to B. Totally. After that initial visit, over the course of the couple months, couple, three months, yeah. I would get phone calls. I, uh, George, the father, came back with his wife. They're Ginger's still looking into mother, it. Ginger's mother, Denise, who is this short, rotund, little Hispanic oh, lady. We get to bring Denise into the story now? Denise. Oh, I love Dyed her. red hair, weepy, handkerchief, always being blotted at her nose. I, it broke my heart. It just broke my heart. I, she, I guess they were thinking, well, we're not getting any help from this woman. She's probably protecting the Frenchman. Let's bring the mother in. Let's bring the female factor in and soften well, her up. <laughs> I gotta quickly mention how you told me that uh, this story before, oh, and you, I, ca you thought her name was Dolores, I which yeah. I wish so much her name was Dolores, because that would have been so much more appropriate to the. Because Dolores translated means sorrows. I chose to remember her as Dolores rather than Denise. What's the French word equivalent? Douleur. Okay. And pain. I so much wished I could give them an answer. That was a very so you difficult still, visit. Did you, and you were, you would converse mostly in French in, with the Frenchman, because you know. You I've never in conversed French. in English with the Frenchman, only in French, even to this day. I so wish this I had vi more. this visit you're referring to is visit number two, or you're just talking about in general? I think it was, visit? I think that. If I recall correctly, Mark and George came at least twice before George brought Denise over. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the visit number yes. three then. Okay. That one it was a little different because George, when he came over with Mark the previous times, they would tell me a lot of facts and data that the police had shared with them. But it was like George didn't want to bring all that stuff up in front of Denise. He didn't want to get into the particulars so in they, front of her. He was protecting her. Yeah. 
So they brought in their key witness. They brought well, they in brought in Denise a female to play aspect, on their heartstrings. Yes, yeah. to talk to another woman. They wanted to play to the jury, hoping that that would, yeah. if I was protecting the Frenchman. Yeah, this would really draw you out. The All fire it did in the hole, just, so to speak. It was very painful. Um, hmm. And through, I, I'm, I'm sure it was very sorrowful, uh, dolorousful. <laughs> Full of Dolores. Full of Dolores. I'm so do full of Dolores. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's a moment that I wish I'd never had to live. Oh. Uh, it was very bad. Um, through the course of the visits, or maybe a phone call, because Mark, more than George, Mark being closer to my age, would call me pretty frequently. Just well, he told me one day that they were even closer to pretty much being convinced that the Frenchman was guilty of something because... Were, so were the four, sorry, were the phone calls more inquisitive or informative? Was he calling both. with the intention of telling you or asking? I think Mark, more than George, Mark reached a point where he believed that I was also a victim of this Frenchman. Mm. That, that I had been... Who could do this? Bamboozled and didn't yeah. really know him, and so he wanted to share. And you're kind of a pro projection of, you know, the victim in the situation. Right. He doesn't have his wife to... Right. You're the one that he can still interact with. That's right. And ridiculous. so he would call to share information yeah. with me. And he'd also mentioned or asked if there was a possibility in the future of him working with me. And he very much wanted me to see his portfolio of photos. And most of the photos featured Ginger, his wife. And the most recent ones, as he explained to me, were in New Orleans. They had taken a trip out there. They had gone and visited a French-style cemetery. And he had had her pose to simulate death. She was lying on the ground on top of a grave with her arms crossed over her chest. And this really struck me, and I felt this sense of foreboding. One day he called and said that they had reached a point where they were so desperate that they reached a, a block in the investigation. Nothing was moving forward. They decided to pay a psychic even though they'd never really believed in that sort of That's thing. Right. You get is, to the, I forgot about this. You get to a point where you try anything. They were so desperate. The psychic thing. Here's the clincher for me. I, you know, and I don't believe in psychics, but keep in mind, this, the Frenchman and I had only been separated for couple weeks when the, all this yeah. came down. Um, Very fresh. And because he was not he didn't have his own place he went out and got a room at the santa fe because it was fairly close to the house my house and where he worked where did you where was your studio was it in their garage still or was it elsewhere my studio i was doing mainly murals which I, a lot of them were on, oh, site. on site okay yeah. so in you would casinos. prepare in the garage or i it was on the strip it was a defunct casino that was what? destined for demolition. I could look out my studio window right across at the Stardust. I was really? right there. I found out who the property owners were. And I had the, the Mandalay Bay Commission. And I knew it would take me four or five months. And I went to him and I said, look, 
If I go and lease some warehouse space, I'm going to have to sign a two-year lease. I don't need a place for two years. I need it for four months. I said, I said listen. I said, I can, lady. Put, I can put cash money in your pocket for four months, or I can go elsewhere Did you and put it in somebody else's pocket. Either way, your place is just sitting here empty. Oh, yeah. you can bet they took it. Uh, did, did you flash your Teamsters card, uh, union card at them? I may this? have done. Yeah. I you, may do have, you I know may have who implied, I am? Yeah, do you know? Do you have you, any idea who I am? And you stopped your <laughs> pumps that you were wearing? I'm the artist. And then they let you... No, oh, but, I'm sorry. I should have asked. That was so cool, though, because here I had the run of this defunct casino right on the strip to do my commissions in the gravy huge canvases it was great okay so they get to a point where they're so desperate i'm getting back to the, our original story now oh, that yeah. they decided to hire a psychic uh-huh oh yeah the psychic. I, they mentioned her name but for the life of me i can't remember it was a woman That's it's, all I remember. yeah they're usually named elaine. Of some small renown in las vegas but luna <laughs> I remember what. What's your first reaction when somebody says they're consulting a psychic? You know, even if you don't outwardly do it, do it. Yeah, you're skeptical. Inwardly, you're rolling your eyes. Mm -hmm. It was like my eyes. God, you guys were are grasping for straws. Grasping. Yeah. And so psychic straws. I said, okay. So he describes what they did. They'd given some objects, some of Ginger's personal effects. I don't know what they gave her. He might have mentioned it at the time, but they gave her some personal effects, and she did her uh, chanting In and yeah, whatever. And closed her eyes. Evocation. Uh, two. Close two things eyes. that came out of that meeting or seance or whatever you want to call it. Uh, she claimed that Ginger would be found in the desert, which is pretty generic, because what's Las Vegas? Where did this seance take place? In Las Vegas. Is it a seance of the person? What's happening there? I guess it's just an, it's a, just a medium a or a... psychic a, consultation. Oh, what do they call um, that? Anyway, they're, the, they're the just... The psychic says she would be found somewhere in the desert... Like I said, all of Nevada pretty much is in the desert. But she'd be found in the yeah, desert like... somewhere near the Santa Fe Hotel. And she kept picturing a white car, and she even mentioned kind of a like a four-door sedan compact. And she kind of described it. She couldn't come up with a make and model, but the things that I learned after I heard these details was that the place that the Frenchman had been staying was the Santa Fe Hotel. Uh -huh. And he was driving a small four-door white compact rental car. Oh, so what was your initial reaction when this uh, realization took place? I was I was kind of surprised. I thought, man, well, I mean, to be, I thought she picked up on something because the Santa Fe Hotel and a small white car, huh. you know. Okay. I didn't Did say anything. Did you start anything. perking up more about the, you know, the... Only to myself, thing. only in my own mind. I didn't outwardly say, well, that, you know, that makes sense or yeah. anything. No, I just started to really kind of get creeped out. I was really starting to think, hmm, 
maybe there is something going on okay. here. That's the closest I've ever come to believing that there might be something to a psychic, only yeah. because of that coincidence. Well, I guess, yeah, that would be uh, significant enough to do that. About three or four months go by, and it, I hadn't heard anything for a while. It kind of like what came to a standstill. That, what concluded from that visit? This is at your place? They got their hopes up. Oh, from uh, George and Denise? Yeah, so how did you hear about this psychic thing? They showed I think you said Mark, they... Mark called me on the phone to okay. tell me. So he tells you the bullet points, which is that they determined yeah. Santa Fe so Hotel, white it, compact car. To me, that seemed like things were going to start rolling from there, but yeah, they're, they didn't. Some... It just kind of hit a, a, a brick wall. Because they didn't have a way to track down no. to check to see if a white car was there that day or right. in general. They, they hit a brick wall. Okay. So a couple months go by. I even stopped thinking about it. I yeah. thought, I'll never know. Well, that's crazy. Got to get, gotta get back to work. So, yeah. So it's about three or four months after the initial visit when they showed up on my doorstep. I hear the news, and I can't remember whether I heard it on the radio or Mark called me. This owner of the store had been married a couple of years, mm -hmm. and I think he had a newborn. And apparently he was quite abusive, and he used to beat the shit out of his wife all the time. And she got to a point where she was afraid for her life. So she went to a shelter, or she called the cops on him. And through her conversations, she said, I got something to tell you about this guy, but you got to protect me. I know of somebody he's killed. They come and, to and find she's out referring to... the owner of the Spycraft store. Okay. They come to find out this guy's name, we all thought of as John Flowers. That was an alias. His real name was Craig Jacobson. Mm -hmm. And he, apparently Ginger comes in that day. They didn't know each other. Her main motivation for calling in and saying this was she just had enough? She just was yeah, too her limit. I guess she'd taken one beating too many and thought next time she, he's going to kill her. Because... Mm -hmm. She's seen that he's killed somebody else. She helped get rid of the body. So that's pretty good reason to be terrified. And okay, she, you know, so she had, she a, in she had same... an infant child to take care of. She says this, there's this missing girl. She disappeared a few months ago. And um, she, she says she came into the store. She wasn't there, but this is what her husband told her, that Ginger comes into the store looking for someone. She according to what he said, was that she got in his face. I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but they got into it, and he hit her. He just hit her, and she knocked, she fell back and hit her head on the corner of a bookshelf or something, and she died right there from one blow. And so he dragged her body into the little back storage room. Her body was in this back storage room when Mark came in looking He's for her. He's the sole witness then. Yeah. Mark comes in, his wife's dead body is a few feet away in a closet. So, so it gets to be closing time. After he's, he's arbitrararily stashed the gal yeah. in They a, leave the, the body closet. for like a day and a half, two days in the broom closet. And they know they got to get rid of it. It's not cold in Las Vegas, you know. So the, the guy that owns the store next to him happens to stop by and they... 
if they see him bringing in all these garbage bags, he's going, what are you doing? He says, I'm trying to clean up after my dog and made a mess. That's what they a lot were doing, yeah, what they were doing was stuffing her body in all these big garbage bags. Yeah, my dog ate a woman that disappeared a yeah. couple days ago. But here's the thing, when they had her body stuffed in the garbage bags and they brought the van right outside the doors to the store and they carried her body like so much garbage into the van right at that moment george and mark come by again looking for her. what are you doing oh we're taking some stuff to the landfill the landfill and getting rid of it and it's her body that's sitting right there that they're getting rid of while her husband and her father are there looking for her what a poetic irony so they drive clear out to this remote place in the desert near Tucson. I guess the guy had grown up near Tucson or in Tucson. I mean, that's what, seven-hour drive? Two nights Okay, so after. the day, so the night after the disappearance. I think it was two days after. He makes her drive with him all night, like seven hours or something, to this remote place in the desert. Outside of Tucson. And he buries a grave, and she happens to remember where it is, I guess, whatever landmarks. Or maybe she's paying attention to the mileage, I don't I know. I reckon that's just something that would stick in your mind. Yes. They drive all night, then they drive back after burying her. So when she... Is she pretty just docile at this point and so. subservient? She's, yeah, I a, don't know. I've never even seen a picture of her. But these she type just sounds of men like maybe a women like that that they yeah. can rule over. But oh, that's oh, that's a here's the a thing. thing is like what a year in the meantime, or two goes by. They keep operating the store. They keep operating the store. Yes. So they go into the remote desert outside of Tucson, Arizona. So they say at the most two days after she dies. He says, keep your mouth shut. Or, or I'll kill you. I'll kill you. And I'll kill the baby. And I'll kill the baby. So she does. Right. A year and a half later, things haven't he's, changed. He's almost killed her anyway. She knows she's going to end up dead. She says to the cops, i got a secret. I'm going to tell you about this guy. you got to protect me. Put me in Witsack or whatever. So she takes them out to the desert, and they take their forensic teams and their cadaver dogs, and then while the dogs are out there, they hit on another grave that's nearby. It's another corpse of another young woman who had gone missing, and the guy ended up confessing to that one too. Who was that other corpse? Who was that other victim? Her name? Her name was Christina Marie Martinez. But this guy who ended up to be his real name, Craig Jacobson, they found him incompetent for trial. I guess the point is he killed her. Well, of course there was closure because her body had been found. We all found out what happened to her, how she died. She hadn't run away. Um, my closure, here's the, here's the closure I got out of it, interestingly enough. I had doubted whether I really knew this man, and I thought, you know, the fact that I really seriously considered that there could have been some truth to that, that should have told me everything. Because if I'm in the right relationship, you don't have doubts like that. Yeah. You, you just don't have to go through something like that. You'd never find yourself in that situation. Uh, well, hopefully it wasn't requisite to that realization, uh, that degree that you had. You definitely had. Uh, well, the fact that he had a wedding experience. ring. 
in the he had a yeah, horse's wedding ring. We will never, we're never going to hear any. He may still have it. Huh. Well, there you go, folks. A story of a somewhat. How many people do you think know about that story? The Ginger Rios just disappeared. Well, a lot of people knew about it at the time in Las Vegas. I remember seeing it was on a TV show from like 2005 or something on one of those true crime, true crime series, right. like, uh, documentary series, weekly things. Uh, they did the, what would have been the equivalent of like Dateline or something on it. And uh, that's all I've seen, you know, just the news articles and, and stuff. But, but let me tell you, that's something I'd never wish on anybody because, you know, you always hear about those awkward situations, the one my may find himself in or herself in like when somebody's loved one dies you hear people say i don't know what to say to them well <laughs> take that a step farther what do you say to somebody that shows up on your doorstep yeah whose daughter or wife has just been killed and they don't know and they're looking for answers how do you act what do you say yeah, you, you do have to take the ride, though, don't you? Like you did. You gotta... Uh... And I think I did okay in the situation, just mainly because I didn't know anything, and so, of course, I was gonna act bewildered. I didn't have to fake any reactions, but... Yeah, it's just a... Uh, it's a very fascinating subject. So, we've hinted at some other stories. Yeah, from back. I mean, there's always something... There's more where this came from. Yeah. To go back to what you originally said about pulling back the layers, uh, I guess the moral of the story is every layer you pull back, there's always another story to be told. There's always something more. There is. There's always. How deep do you want to go? Yeah, it might be like long-term fascinating. It may be like a long-term entertaining or interesting thing, or it could be like a short-term interesting thing. And like they're both satisfying. Factoid or anecdote, sure. or it could be a, a novel. Sure. Yeah. Everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening to Look. Bye.